Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Isaiah chapter 40 is where we're going this morning. I'm excited to preach. Also, don't forget about that parents' night out. That's a great opportunity. We want to really bless people in our church and parents. and So take, take that opportunity. Drop your kids off at HQ. They'll be well looked after, well loved. Hopefully we'll return them to you in one piece. <laughs> Trying to wake people up this morning. Isaiah 40 and verse 1 says this, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry for her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Verse 3, a voice cries, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be lifted up and every mountain hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Jump a couple of chapters ahead to chapter 43. Isaiah 43 and verse 15, there's some linkages here. It says this in verse 15, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior, they lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Verse 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word. Father, we just thank you that the power of your word has the ability to change our lives, Lord. Thank you that it speaks to us, Lord. It provides life this morning, Father. Thank you that as, as I preach your word, Father, I pray that I can get out of the way and you can make a way in people's lives. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit's presence in this place. Father, we thank you most of all for King Jesus. Father, thank you that this month and The coming weeks is all about Jesus, Father. It should be anyway, but I just love it that this world celebrates Jesus at this time. So thank you for Jesus in our lives and a faith-filled church said together, Amen. Amen. Well, it's definitely the season. The season has come and I'm excited. We uh, finished with the Holy Spirit series. Didn't my wife do an amazing job last week? Uh, Finishing off that series on the gift of the Holy Spirit and some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited about us as a church growing in the Holy Spirit. And I think that series is definitely a foundational series for our church. So we'll be looking out for more of that in the future. I think that was foundational for us. But I'm excited this Sunday to talk about all things Advent. And Advent is simply this, is preparing for what is to come. Preparing for what God is going to do. Some of the themes of Advent, I just want to read them out so you could maybe write them down if you wanted to. But some of the themes is self-reflection. It's something that we do at this time of year. We sort of reflect on the year that was and reflect also on what God has done. Take a moment to reflect and reflect on everything He's done in our hearts. Another theme is anticipation, anticipating the coming Messiah. 
Another theme is hope. We look towards the hope of the world, Jesus. We think about the coming of Jesus. And ultimately, it's a joyful celebration of the Savior's coming. A joyful celebration of King Jesus. We celebrate Christmas. We love Christmas. Christmas is not about just presents. It's about Jesus. It's about celebrating the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But the other thing about Advent, well, this time of year, is it's also looking back and remembering that there's a change coming. That's what happened 2,000-odd years ago. There was a change that happened. And it was a big, big change. And I want to speak about that idea of change this morning. So if you're taking notes, the title of this message is this, There's a Change Coming. Everybody say, There's a Change Coming. Change is a very real thing. Change comes about in our lives. Most of us don't really like it. Most of us try to resist it in some way. I mean, no one really loves change when you think about it. Change is often avoided as much as possible. In human nature, generally speaking, we run the other way when change comes. I was actually reading an article in Forbes magazine about all these things to do with change, and it's amazing that in our world today, change is such a, a key topic. Inside big organizations, there are entire professions dedicated to change. Change consultants, change process managers, uh, people are just in the business of change. And what they do is they go into an organization or they go into to a business, and this is what this article was about, that it was about helping people go through the process of change. Change is a very real thing. But it was interesting in this article, it said that the latest research has kind of figured out that about 38% or call it one third of people, generally speaking, like to leave their comfort zone. Generally speaking, one third of people love or like to leave their comfort zone. But I don't know about you, when I read that, I thought that's a whole lot of people that don't like to leave their comfort zone. They like to stay in the lazy boy, so to speak. They like to stay in the comfort position. But change is a very real thing for you and for me. Because change is everywhere, everywhere around us. Change is actually the only constant in our lives, apart from God. Life changes, job situations change, family dynamics change, your health changes, our maturity changes, everything changes. But change is so important for us to consider in our own lives. Let me show you a few scriptures. Acts chapter 3, verse 20 in the message says, Now it's time to change your ways. Turn to face God so He can wipe away your sins. Pour out showers of blessing to refresh you. It's another way to look at change. Refreshing. That's what change can be in your life. It can be something that refreshes you. Changes you. But it refreshes you. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. Isaiah 42. says, I am the Lord that is my name. My glory I give to no other. Nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass. And new things I now declare. A change. New thing. Second Corinthians chapter 3 says, Yes, even today, and sorry, verse 15. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Amen for that. Thank God for that. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, look at it, makes us more and more like Him 
as we are changed into His glorious image. See, change is a very real thing. And I, I love that word change because you could almost switch it out for transformation. Make it transfiguration. But if you look at that word transformed, it's the word in the Greek metamorpho. But what it essentially means is this. I am changed, but I'm still changing. I'm changed, but there's still lots of me that's changing as well. I wonder if you're still changing. I wonder in your life if you could say, well, I've been changed. And I believe there's lots of people sitting here today that could say, I've I've been changed. I've come into contact with Jesus. I'm changed. But I wonder if you could say, friend, that you're still changing. I wonder if you could say that when I look at my life, I am actually still going through a process of change. Thank God for us. Thank God that we can still change. I want to be the type of person that, yes, I'm changed. I'm different the way I was. I went from death to life and I'm grateful for salvation. But Paul said it this way. He says, I am being saved. There's a process to to salvation that actually means we we continue to change. We had this old joke in, in uh, when I used to hang around with some of the Bible college students when I first got saved, and it must have rubbed someone the wrong way one time because it kind of became a thing. But if you ask someone to hang out one time and they couldn't, you'd sort of jab them back by saying, well, you've, you've changed. You've changed, man. You know, someone didn't like it. Someone was offended by it, but it stuck. And so we'd always say to each other when we couldn't do something or something wouldn't, sort of wouldn't work with our schedules, and we'd be like, oh, man, you've changed. You're different, that kind of thing. And then one time, one of my friends who just sort of, he liked to, to flip the switch on everything, he'd say, actually, you know what? I am changed. I have changed. <laughs> and he'd start to preach and say, you know what? I used to be like this and this and this and this. You know, I used to do all that stuff over there. I am changed. You know what? You're right. I am changed. I'm a different person. But I wonder if you're changing still. I love that thought because it's the old me is gone. I'm changed. I'm different. I don't do that anymore. And I believe every single one of us to an extent could say that about our old ways, our old life. But are you changing still? Because that's the thing about change. We need to understand that God wants us to be changed but still changing, still transforming, still moving to becoming more like God. Can I get an amen in church this morning? The old me is gone. I am changed. Because of the grace of God, I've changed. Because of the Holy Spirit's work in my life, I'm changing. Because I am becoming more like Christ, it means that I am changing. But I believe it for people this morning, there's a change coming in your life. Just like it was for the Old Testament people, they were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. They called, it the, they called it the Messianic Age. And that was the time when, you know, it's easy to look back at that time and say, well, it's obvious that was a Messianic Age because that's when Jesus was born. But at the time, there was actually this climate, spiritually speaking, with the people of God. They'd heard the, the major prophets talk about, about uh, the Savior. And there was this climate, but people were looking to the change. People were wondering when the change was coming. And I just love it that today, New Testament believers, we can stand with our, our hearts open and say, you know what, I've been changed, but I'm still changing. God is still doing a work in me. I think one of the greatest lies the enemy wants to sell you today is that you are no longer changing or that you no longer can change. I believe that there's a lot of people in here, they desperately want to change. They desperately want to get better. They desperately want to progress. And the good news is this morning is we absolutely can. So point number one is this. 
if you're open to change, change is a way of life. Change is a way of life. You can stick your head in the sand, but let me fill you in. Above the sand, everything's changing. Things are changing around you. People are going on with their lives. Things are just, the work keeps going forward. The change is happening all around you. Change is a way of life. You don't have to change if you don't want to. But God wants you to change. God wants you to get better. God wants you to move forward. The Holy Spirit wants to sanctify you. The Holy Spirit wants you to get better at everything God's called you to do. Change is a way of life. We could look at creation and understand that change is just a way of life. God doesn't use minutes and hours like we do, but He uses seasons. And what happens with seasons? Seasons change. And there's a change coming in your life. There can be a change that comes for all of us. And change is a way of life. You know, change is possible for us because of grace. I got to thinking about that and I said, well, you know, sometimes change can be devastating. I think about, just talking about weather for a moment, I think about a couple of hurricanes that have rolled through our city and changes can sometimes be devastating. But it's grace that makes change doable. It's grace that allows us, it's the portal of grace that allows us to walk through the season that God has us in. Can I encourage you, if you don't know the season you're in, why don't you just ask God? Because you should know your season. Because based on you knowing your season, you should then know what to do in the season you're in. Do you follow? If you're in a season of sowing, what do you need to do? If you're in a season of reaping, what have you got to do? It's beautiful, and I think grace is there for the season that you're in. Your grace is enough for the season that you're in right now, even if your season's about to change. Paul said it this way, 2 Corinthians 12. He's speaking about grace, and he's speaking about a season of life. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. This was his thorn. This was his thing that he had. Verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And look what it says. He goes on. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, God wants to rest his power on you in the season you're in. That's what he wants to do. And he speaks about seasons. He says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. He's speaking about a season. And God said to him, my grace for your season is enough. But seasons change. So the first thing we need to understand about change is change is a way of life. The second thing is this, change is something we can prepare for. Point number two, we can actually prepare for, prepare for change. I remember being young and if I woke up and it was raining one day, that was fine to me. I didn't really care. But since moving to America, I've discovered this thing called the Weather Channel. The Weather Channel is just like, I could just have it on all day long. I mean, talk about preparing for a change. All you need is the Weather Channel. But weather is just one of those things people love to die. I heard about the rain happening that was going to happen this morning for church. I heard about it like 10 days ago. People were like, man, are you prepared for next Sunday? Are you prepared for this change? There's going to be a 100% chance of rain next Sunday morning. I'm like, oh, wow. Preparing for the change. But we should all 
prepare for change. There's an anticipation that comes with change in our lives. And there's preparation that we can do. But sadly, many people are just not willing to change. They're not willing to prepare, prepare for change. They're not willing to take steps to prepare, to, to, to get that willingness to say, oh, I need to do something about it. And sadly, what happens in our lives is we allow a devastation to be what changes us. Can I encourage you, friend? Don't wait for the low moment. Don't wait for the moment when you're at rock bottom to change. But understand, God wants you to change and also God wants to help you change. We can prepare for the change. Somebody say there's a, there's a change coming. We should all be willing to prepare for change, for it to come, to get ready for it, to make the preparations. You know, that's what the, John the Baptist, that's what his whole ministry was about. His whole ministry was about preparing the people of God for Jesus. He was preparing for the change. Look at it in Luke 3, verse 2. It says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John. Remember, God speaks and instructs through his word. The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he came, he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Verse 4, as it is written in the, in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Look at that word, prepare the way of the Lord. We can prepare for change. We can get ready for change. We can, we can make paths straight ahead of change. I love that idea. There's people in here and, you know, for years you've been going round and round in your finances. You need to start declaring in your own life, there's a change coming. I'm going to start to get this thing right. I'm going to make those paths straight. I'm going to tackle this thing. I'm going to look at it head on. I'm going to prepare for things to get better in my life. Maybe it's a relationship that you need to move out of. Or you need to change. Or you just need to walk away from. Or maybe you need to walk too. But either way, God is saying prepare for that change. Get ready for the change. Here's a few ways that we can do that. I believe we can prepare with our hearts. I believe we can prepare with our hearts and our souls. Proverbs 13 and verse 4 says this, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Another way we can prepare is we can prepare our minds. Some people in their mind, they just cannot get past where they're at and they don't change because their minds are stuck. Can I encourage you? That's a stronghold in your life. You need to break that thing. Decide in your mind. Decide, I'm going to change. But we can prepare our minds. Romans 12, do not, uh, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's that word again, transformed, which means changing and changing, changed and changing still. But it says transformed by the renewal of your mind. Another way we can prepare is we can prepare with our hands. Proverbs 10 verse 4. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Prepare for change. Heart, head, hand, ready to change. Who's ready to change? Who's ready to embrace change? Who's ready to get ready for change? I want it in my life. I want to be the type of father that's not so stuck in my ways that I'm not willing to change. I want to be the type of pastor that's not so stuck in the way I've always done things, the way I've always preached, the way I've always led people where I can't change my ways. Is anyone grateful for that? 
I want to be the type of dad where my kids see a father who changes, who's willing to step up to the plate and say, you know what? I can change. I can get better. There is progress attached to my life. I want to be better. I'm so grateful for the people who have stayed in our church since I first started preaching. Because, friends, I've changed. I've gotten better. Thank you for staying. But that should be the posture of our lives. My preaching wasn't that bad, by the way, okay? Just going <laughs> to defend myself for a moment. Stop laughing. But there should be this posture attached to our lives where we say, God, thank you for everything you've done. But what still do you have for me? And that's a process of change. It's a process of renewal. Change is a way of life. I want to be ready to change, willing to change, prepared for the changes that life brings in Jesus' name. Are you with me? So change is a way of life. Change is something we can prepare for. And finally, number three, change is necessary to grow. Where there's no change, there's no growth. Change is required for growth to take place in our lives. Change is a process that brings forth growth. You've got to embrace the change to see the growth. I love the picture in 2 Samuel 17. This is David, sorry, 1 Samuel. This is David and his, his encounter with Goliath. Powerful moment that we've all heard about, we all know about. We went to Sunday school and you know this story. It's incredible. But I saw something that just amazed me when it came to change. This is when David goes down to the battlefield. He kind of sees what's going on, sees all the parties in place. He hears this giant mocking Israel. And because David was a man after God's own heart, that was not cool with him. He's like looking at the situation and saying, what is going on? Someone needs to, to, to shut that guy up. And he gets down there in verse 32. Look at what it says. And David said to Saul, who was still king, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I love it. He's talking tough already. Verse 33, And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you're a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But look at his response. I love it. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. <laughs> he was already embracing the change. I just love the posture. He's like, You know what? I used to keep my father's sheep. But now I'm right here and I'm going to take down that giant. I'm embracing the change that God's put on my life. I've been anointed with the oil to be king and I'm going to step forward into the change that God has for me. He says, I used to keep my father's sheep. That's what I used to do. How many people in here could you declare over your own life? That's what I used to do, but I'm changing. That's what I used to do, but things are different for me. I used to drink too much and be an alcoholic, but things are different for me. I've changed. I used to go a different way. I used to be in relationships like that. How many people could declare something like that today because of Jesus? We need to be the type of people who embrace the change. Understand that a change is something that if we grab it by the hands and by our hearts, things can really change, but it is our choice. And I love it if you could write this point down because this might just help you this week. In your quiet time, because of grace, I am saved, but change is a choice. I am saved by grace, but changed by choice. See, it's our choice to change ultimately. 
That's what I love about God. He's such a gentleman. He doesn't reach into your life and make you choose certain things. You have your own free will. You can do what you want to do. But ultimately, change is something that we can do for the better. I used to keep my father's sheep. I used to live in that season, but that season has changed. I'm here now. This is what I'm doing. And the last thing I wanted to say this morning is this. You've got to understand when it comes to change and the process that change brings, you've got to understand that the source of change is the one who doesn't change. The source of change in your life, friend, if you're looking at it, you're like, man, how do I change? And I believe there are people who are like, I desperately want to change. You've got to understand that for you to change, you need to get with the person who never changes, and his name is Jesus. So there's this thing called the immutability of God. It's a theological term, and I, 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 wish I, said, I wish I talked about it more. But the immutability of God is one of those things that might shock you. But what if I told you that God can't do something? He can't do something. God can't change. Why can't God change? Well, it's simple. Because if God could change, that means that He could improve. That means that God could get better, that God could progress. But God can't change. God can't get better because God is perfect. God never changes. And so when it comes to our lives and changing our lives or something in our life that needs to change, can I encourage you? Your answer is always found in the one who does not change. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No change. And Romans 12, and I want to finish with this team. You can come back up. It says this, so here's what I want you to do. This is all about change. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. But here's the key, instead. Everybody say instead. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. How true is that? When you start to make a stride towards the things of God, when you start to make the house of God a priority in your life, how often is it that the world and people that are in your past and maybe places you used to be will say, oh, you've changed, man. You know, you think you're better. No, I'm not being brought down to your level of immaturity. I'm stepping up into everything that God has for me. I'm fixing my attention on the one who doesn't change. Look what it says. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I love that we can change in our lives. I love that we don't have to be so ruled by a mindset or even a spirit that says, you're kind of where you're at. And maybe you're in a place where you haven't changed for a while. Can I just encourage you? You need to swallow your pride. Maybe get a little bit humble and say, God, what, what is it going to take? Because you know, one of, the things, one of the greatest things that causes us to change is desperation to change. Desperation. You're saying enough's enough. I'm not living this way. And sometimes the motivation for change is the idea or the thought of us not changing in the future or getting further and further down the road having never changed. Sometimes that is motivation enough to want to change. But I love this idea that we can fix our attention on the one who does not change in Jesus' name. You want to change? You ready to change?
Come on, would you stand with me? I want to pray for some people. I do believe with all my heart that there's people that just desperately want to change, desperately want to see a change in their lives. I know there's definitely people in here that would love to see a change in other people's lives. But the truth is this, we need to see the change in our own lives. We need to embrace it. We need to be willing to step out in it, allow God to bring, it, bring about the changes that He needs to see us accomplish everything that He has for us. So I wonder this morning, if you took a moment, you asked the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? What are you saying to me? What's the message for me this morning? When you come into church, don't ever come into church expecting that you won't hear from God because God's Word always or never returns void. It always speaks. He's always got something to say to you. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, I've been trying to change for a long time. I've been trying to change this thing for a long time. There's no condemnation in here, but if there's some habitual thing you've been a part of and you're just, you just know the Holy Spirit saying to you right now, enough is enough. I want to pray for you. Or maybe you're in here today and, well, this is probably likely there's people in here today and you really have never taken your faith seriously that your faith has always just been this convenience thing where, well, if my friends go to church or, you know, I kind of get dragged along or it sort of feels right in the moment, I might go. But you don't read the Word of God. You don't pray, but you know you should. I wonder if you'd make a change today. I wonder if you'd decide that today is the day. I'm drawing a line in the sand. No more of this playing around with my faith. I'm taking it seriously today. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to end this season and move into the next. I want to pray for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing in a moment. And if that's you this morning, this message is speaking to you and you just know something's got to change. Something's got to change. I need to do something about it. I think the best thing we can do is receive prayer. The best thing we can do is come down the front and just lay it all before God and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm leaving this place. This thing is staying here. I'm leaving here without it. I'm changing. Today is different. Today is a different day. So when the song starts, we're going to have people just worshipping down the front, people ready to pray for you. I'll be down here ready to pray for people. But can I encourage you? Don't leave this place just with that thing, not, not declaring that change in your own life today. It could be anything, relationship, financial thing, a difficulty of some time. Why don't you declare today to yourself, this is it. I'm changing. You with me? Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your Word that we can change, Lord. Father, we look to you as the source of change, Lord, because you never change. God, I just pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would draw people to the front for prayer this morning, Lord. Draw people, people that need to say to themselves and declare to you that today is the day I'm changing. I'm leaving it all behind. I'm moving into the new, whatever you have for me, the, the process of the change of season. Father, I declare over people this morning. Father, I pray right now that you would give people faith and a boldness, Lord, to declare, raise their hands and worship you and say, this is it. Enough is enough. I'm changing in Jesus' name. Come on, as we sing. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at Colonial Church? Dot life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward in Jesus' name. God bless you.